Hi friends, I'm Anna Lehman Knox and I'm the community pastor for this online campus of Camp Hill United Methodist Church called The Hill. And today for this special second episode for the month of February, I have with me Mark Vickery. Mark has owned and operated the floral shop Blooms by Vickery in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania since 1997. And he has also been a part of the Camp Hill UMC faith community for his entire life, like literally his entire life. So he is integrally enmeshed in the life of the local community as a respected business owner and also as a person of faith. So I really look forward to hearing Mark's reflections today on living out his story as he has weathered storms in his own life um, and in the context of the community. Um, but first, he's going to share with us our key scripture for today, for this month. Uh, and it comes today from the New International Version. I'm going to be reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came upon, came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. down like a lion, like a bird of prey, lift me up from the ashes of my heart's own shallow graves, I know that I love you, but sometimes I'm afraid. Oh, 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 oh,
intentionally pick a scripture from the Gospel of Mark for you as Mark um, to reflect on, but I do think it's pretty great that it's worked out that way. And this was not the original plan for our conversation either, right? Um, as you well know, we had planned for Mark to record an episode of The Hill several months ago, but very sadly, Mark's mother died the same day. And so talk about storms of life that you have been through in this season. And I would gather that this is a scripture that you have read or heard before in your life of faith, but I'm wondering if it speaks differently to you now um, than maybe even a few months ago, and if so, how? Well, this has been a year. Yeah, This has truly been a really a hectic year with storms in that uh, does speak differently to me now than it did before, but in a different way than you might think. Sure. When they said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Mm. It's really hard for me to relate to that because I only remember always having faith. Mm. Yeah. And so storms, to me, have really been not a test of faith, but just a way to make my faith stronger. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't think you're alone in that, um, but it's a beautiful testimony to the journey that you've been on, Mark. And I think sometimes when we're you know, like caught up in the midst of it, it's really hard to see, um, to see that any good can come from it, right, um, in the midst of the storm. 
And so um, to hear from someone like you who has believed in God and been a part of faith community for a very long time, you know, lifelong pursuit, you know, I do think that's a wisdom that kind of comes through life. I don't know that we're necessarily born with that wisdom, <laughs> but, but that is, that seems to be learned and gained throughout your life of participating in faith community and, um, and struggling with God through scripture and prayer. And, um, so thank you for sharing that, um, that even if you know, there are people watching and listening to this, that that's not, you know, our first inclination, if it's hard for us to get to that point, then, I think you're a testimony to what what can come if we persevere. Yeah. Um, the storm in the scripture was sudden and it was huge. Um, so I am wondering, in as you look over the span of your life, you know what you can tell us about the biggest storm <laughs> that you've ever had to face, and what particularly maybe helped you to stay on board with God. <laughs> Sometimes we want to bail, you know, so what helped you to stay on board through that? I really think what made me stay on board is having, being surrounded by such loving parents, by such loving people, by the church, by friends. Um, like, I was thinking about this all day long because yeah. I did get these questions earlier today, and so I've had a little time to think, even though it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> uh, but I think my biggest storms were probably when I was younger. Hmm. Uh, you probably not know this, but I was like a 98-pound weakling in, in school, in high school, so I was always picked on hmm. for being a little scrawny kid. and. Yeah. One of my hardest storms was in school when I was walking in a stairwell and one of the other kids from my class kicked me hmm. with steel-tipped boots. Hmm. And I can remember being alone in that stairwell. It was during class, so there weren't students around. It was just the two of us. And that really was probably my biggest storm. I mean, I've recently lost my mom. I've recently COVID and with employees and lost people in and out. And those would be storms. Right. But, you know, now I know that I have the faith. I have faith. And it's only because I've been surrounded by such wonderful people. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, I mean, that's definitely been my experience of faith life as well, that I've, I've never found it to be particularly successful as an individual pursuit. <laughs> you know, that, um, that the times in which I have floundered and doubted and struggled and wanted to bail, you know, um, it, it also really has been people who've come around me and uh, encouraged me. Uh, maybe not even just um, in the grand scheme of things, but just just have helped me to take like one more step, you know, um, forward and toward God and toward other people of faith as opposed to uh, walking or running away. Um, 
when, yeah, there've definitely been plenty of times when I've wanted to do that. (laughs) So, um, so I really appreciate you naming that, uh, that, that faith I think was made, you know, to be lived out in community. I think we were designed that way. Um, and that's really affirming for me. And I hope it's encouraging for other people to hear too, who maybe feel a pressure, like they have to figure this stuff out on their own when I don't, I don't think that was ever God's original intention. Um, and I'm so glad that like from a very young age, you know, cause that, that storm happened to you when you were in a very formative stage of your life, that there were people who could um, help you to persevere through that. Um, so I'm hopeful that also other people listening for this and to this know it gets better. Yeah. It gets better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and even if there's nobody else, you could reach out to Mark <laughs> to, uh, if you need a little bit of encouragement, if you're in a similar situation. So we'll talk about that a bit later, how you can get in touch with him. But I'm wondering if that in that particular situation or others, you've ever just felt like yelling at God, you know, asking what the disciples themselves asked, like, don't you care if I drown, you know? What does that kind of expression look like in your relationship with God? I know there should be a pat answer that I give you that says, I've felt like, don't you care if we drown? But I can personally tell you, I don't remember feeling that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get depressed or I get down and all that. But I always, always know that God is with me. Mm. And I don't know if that's just what it is, but it's that whole feeling that I know God is with me and he's not going to leave me. So maybe when I was young and a little kid, because now I'm older and my memory's not as good as it used to be, but um, I don't, I know God cares and I know he's always there and I never question him. What if we're going to drown? Because God's always going to take care of me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this is a story you've been reading throughout your life. And so, you know, the end of it, Right. There may be people hearing this or watching who don't know the end of this story, haven't read um, this particular scripture or what comes after it. And um, and so it is it can be, I think, harder for people to believe who haven't been surrounded by those forces of good and <laughs> encouragement. But it is really encouraging um, to to hear you articulate, you know, that that assurance that God is present, you know, through all things and that that's been true for your life experience. I, the founder of Methodism, who, you know, his name was John Wesley, uh, his dying kind of deathbed words are understood to be the best of all is God is with us. Yeah. And that is, I think, a really powerful testament to um, endurance, you know, through lots of trials in life. Um, that, that we can hold tight to that particular truth. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, as a florist now, <laughs> like, which you've been for many years, 
Uh, you've been navigating coming out of the Christmas season, which I understand, I think from you, is like the most hectic season of the year. You do all the decorating of people's homes and then the de-decorating of people's homes. And you will, by the time this airs, you will have just barely gotten through all of the Valentine's Day bouquets. Right? Um, so I'm picturing those seasons kind of of a flurry and frenetic activity and a little bit of chaos, you know, in your professional life. And I'm wondering how you as a person of faith stay centered in, as the scriptures say, those types of squalls. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) It's not easy. We haven't done Valentine's Day yet, but we will have done Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. So I have faith that God is going to be with me. Yeah. (laughs) I had an employee once who said, you always come out on top. Why do you always think that we can just get anything done? And it's Mm -hmm. like, because I have faith. Mm -hmm. And being a florist, it is a tough business. It's not just all pretty flowers. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of holidays. It's a lot of stress. Um, But you just have to just know that you are making others happy Hmm. and that you're not doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for the money, uh, but you're really doing it to help others and that. So Hmm. you always have to just keep in mind that this isn't about me. Hmm. This is about helping others. Yeah, that's beautiful, Mark. And I think, you know, even... People, I, honestly, I, I didn't think about that when I thought about the floral industry, but I completely see how you pursue that as a calling in the midst of that and uh, of that trade. And I, I'm just hoping also that people who hear this might maybe take a moment to rethink their own purpose and call in whatever place and whatever profession um, God has um created a space for them, you know, wherever they are carrying out their life's work, um, to maybe consider that not just as a job, um, but as really a way to influence and encourage and um, bring life to people. Um, Yeah, even if it's not like a traditional sort of ministry profession. (laughs) Yeah. Everything can be ministry. Yeah. It can. Yeah. So I, I also know that as someone who's been in business in the community for many, many years now, lots of people just come to you for counsel, right? They just pop into your shop. Um, and I think I'm guessing some of that comes with the floral territory, you know, this idea that you have access to particularly um, intimate information about people's lives. You know, you know their birthdays, you know their prom dates, like, <laughs> you know, um, when a husband or a wife has felt badly and like, <laughs> and wants to send I'm sorry flowers, you know, like um, you uh, you have this access to to these spaces in people's lives. But I also think that some of the reason why people come to you to chat um, is because you simply are a loved member of the community and they know that you love them. And so I'm wondering how you navigate those conversations. You know, you're in essence being asked to kind of like hop into the boat (laughs) with people who um, feel like they're drowning for a few minutes, um, just like somebody in a counseling profession. 
Um, and so I'm wondering how your faith sustains you in those types of community relationships, because I, I don't know that people always come to you specifically because you're a person of faith, although I do know that your faith informs how you interact <laughs> with them. So, yeah. So what is that like for you? It's, it's wonderful. Mm. I mean, my customers aren't just my customers. Yeah. They are people. They are individuals. And, uh, you know, just listening to them and listening to them. Mm. I mean, we do hear it all. Yeah. <laughs> and that, but it's so great to hear that and that and trying to trying to help them without them realizing you're trying to help them. Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, we see a lot with, with death. Right. And, that, uh, and we see a lot of death through different ages and that. Mm -hmm. So one of the best things is to just listen. Right. And that, and and then be able to pray for them yeah, and to be able to know. Mm -hmm. uh, empathize. Empathize. Yeah. I will tell you, I did a wedding appointment years and years and years ago, probably 10 or 12 years ago, and I mentioned my church mm. as being Camp Hill United Methodist. And it was just something like, oh, where are you getting married? Oh, I go, I go to Camp United Methodist. Yeah. It was probably 10 or 12 years ago. And the mother of that bride called me three years ago and asked, she said, you planted a seed. Wow. And I'd like to go to your church. Mm -hmm. And at that time she called Gary and I believe she called you, Anna. Yeah. Because she came from a different denomination. Yes. That, and she said, you planted that seed all those years ago. Yeah. So when you guys think that nobody's listening, yeah. <laughs> it's not true. People are listening and people mm. care. Mm. I don't know that I answered your question, though. You absolutely <laughs> answered my question. And what I, lo what I love about... Um, what I love about what you just said is that it, this really, that kind of listening to people, loving on people, you know, that is not just a pastor's work. That is the work, as you've said, of a whole community, you know, people of, of faith and people who are struggling with faith, you know, just to be present to one another and to notice the presence of God in each other. Um, and to, and to empathize when people are going through some of the worst moments of their lives. I, um, I'm, I was remembering as you told that story uh, about when I went to the florist to pick out the flowers for my mom's funeral. My mom was a gardener. She was obsessed with flowers. And I remember this intense feeling of being incredibly overwhelmed and, and worried that I was going to choose something that maybe she wouldn't have chosen. And um, and just missing her like crazy. And it was, I remember the florist being there and simply very patiently and lovingly walking me through that process. And that is, um, 
that is a moment that no no one else can inhabit with you. It's a it's a privileged, sacred space that you hold with those people, and I so appreciate that you see it that way, and that you um, that that you do take so seriously that role of caring and listening and walking alongside of them. Um, it's an amazing gift. So thanks. Yeah. Um, I also noticed in this passage that you've read that even when the disciples are completely overwhelmed and even mad at Jesus for seemingly ignoring <laughs> their desperate situation, they still call him teacher. I think it's pretty miraculous. You know, teacher is someone in this text who was a master in their field of learning. And so clearly they know that even when his actions or inactions <laughs> seemed unfathomable to them at that moment, there must still be something that he could show them that would uh, help them through. So I'm wondering if there's anything that comes to mind in particular about what Jesus has taught you over the years um, that has helped you to navigate some of these storms in your life. Well, he's taught me to have patience. Yeah. <laughs> really to have patience. It's the worst. <laughs> Because don't think that life isn't yeah. rosy. Life is hard yeah. every day and all that. And I just think it is amazing that they called him teacher still, yeah. that they showed that respect and they, they realized that. Um, you can't get any better than love and patience. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's not easy. Yeah. It's just not easy. Believe me, there are days. Today was one of those days. But <laughs> yeah, where you kind of have to call upon a, a greater patience and a greater love than we have on our own um, in order to, to make it through. And yeah, thanks for sharing that. So Mark, if people are interested in getting in touch with you and connecting with you and knowing more, knowing more about your work um, in the community or your faith, um, how could they connect with you? What's the best way to do that? Just stop by. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the shop <laughs> pretty much every day of the week except Sundays. <laughs> uh, so Bloom's by Vickery, you can Google that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. and this is not an advertisement. <laughs> no, it's not. It is it's, not an advertisement. It's, it's about relationships. Uh, yes, yeah. and yeah, I'm around. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for making yourself available to You're people. Welcome. And thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for this integral role that you do play in the community and the faith community and wider community, all of it. And um, so Hill community, I do seriously hope that you will connect with Mark Moore. I hope that you will post prayer requests about storms in your life, things you're going through on the Hill Facebook group. And um, until we meet next time, in the name of the creator, the redeemer, and the sustainer, go in peace. Amen. <laughs>